Amen. <coughs> Amen. Woo. All right, you're right in tune with the Spirit. I was about to ask for that, so thank you. Woo. Aren't you glad when, when God shows up when we worship? Amen. That was, that was pretty awesome. Um, you know, God loves the worship of His people. I mean, that's why He just He just comes. He when we say when I say I love you to God, He He just that moves His heart, and He just wants to come say I love you too, and give me a big hug, and just let me let me come at you with something something good. So uh, sometimes He does it. You know, He loves us first, of course, and He just loves us and just loving us, and but He sure loves to hear us say it. I mean, don't you love it when your kids or or some of your grandkids or maybe your great grandkids and they just say, I love you. There there's nothing like that. There there's there's nothing like that, that's for sure. Um if you want to turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter five. We're gonna start in Revelation chapter five today. As you're turning there, on Wednesday night we had a, a great time in our foundations class, and I'm probably, for those of you that were here for that, I was pretty jazzed up, pretty excited about the the, the topic, and uh, that was so awesome. Uh, I don't know how I got that topic, but it was sure a fun one. Uh, it just just we just made a schedule and and threw our names on there on some of them, uh, the, those of us that are teaching, uh, Dave and and Greg, and so. Um, but talking about the kingdom of God and the, and the advancing kingdom of God. And as a good reminder for us, I'm going to say the same thing I said to those who were here on Wednesday because many of you are not in that class and that's okay. But uh, we're, we're going to offer it again if you'd like to take it at a different time. But uh, you know, God, God's kingdom, His family, His, His rule is, is advancing on the earth. Ever since... The kingdom was established. When Jesus came, He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then it says when Jesus was ascended into heaven, it says that Jesus was given the kingdom and then He left all authority with those, his, the King's kids on earth, His disciples, the children of God. And He said, go, you know, spread, basically spread the message of the kingdom in all the earth. And it says before Jesus is going to come back, it says in, in the book of Matthew that this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all nations first before Jesus can come back. So there are, you know, if you ever wondered why Jesus is not coming back, there's, there's things that have to happen first. There's things that have been spoken of that need to happen first. And one of them is the good news going into all the nations. And so in our nation... Sorry for those of you, this is a repeat. If you're at Foundations on Wednesday, just cover your ears and go, I heard this already. So, you know, the United States, comparatively, in terms of population, we have about 350 million people or so, uh, but there are 7 billion or so people in the world. Many times we judge what God is doing with our little group. You know, it's still one of the largest nations. I'm not saying we're not large. I'm not saying we're not influential. But I'm saying to gauge what God is doing in His kingdom just by what we see in our country, we sometimes can miss the big picture. We can go, oh man, it's not looking as great as we thought it would here. Because it really isn't. Let's be honest. 
But if you go to other nations around the earth, there are people coming to Jesus by the thousands and the tens of thousands and the hundreds of thousands. There are millions and millions and millions and millions of believers in China. You go back several decades, there was just a small group. Yet, even though they're being killed, some of them are being imprisoned for their faith. It's, what they do is illegal. Uh, they're growing like crazy. People are coming to Jesus. They're coming into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is spreading. Did you know in, in, the, in the Muslim nations right now, there are Muslims coming to Jesus over and over and over again by the tens, by the hundreds, by the thousands in some cases. Sometimes I've heard stories of whole villages coming to Jesus just by someone having a vision. No one even shows up to... To say anything, it's just like they get it. God just says, I'm just going to go myself. And there's, a, there's, there's visions and dreams of Jesus where Muslims who are, are really trying to seek God, they're, they're honestly saying, God, I want to know you. And so God says, I'm not Allah, I'm Jesus. <laughs> Let me reveal myself to you. And they have a dream, they have a revelation, and then they meet Him and they're changed forever because... Allah is a, is, a, is a slave master, is a, is, a, is a horrible, horrific God who's not God. But Jesus is an amazingly good reigning king. And when they meet Him, they're like, I don't want this anymore. And so, did you know in Africa, there's, there's millions and millions and millions of believers. There's, there's times where... I've heard of, of, there was one, one gathering I heard of that had one million people, an open air meeting. I mean, how does that even, how do you get a million people in one place? They're just, they're just out in Africa somewhere. And they're preaching the good news of Jesus and there's tens of thousands of people that are responding and coming into the kingdom and being healed and being set free and being delivered. The kingdom of God is advancing. It's, good, it's a good reminder to be reminded. If we sometimes just focus on what we see around us... Now, here's the deal. I pray that we begin to see more and more around us. And we're seeing glimpses. And all of us have had different experiences where we're seeing God do something. So we're like, hey, I'm, in, I'm encouraged. I'm seeing God. The kingdom is advancing in my family. The kingdom is advancing in my heart. The kingdom is advancing in my world that I see. And I agree. I am seeing that. And so it's a good reminder to know that God's kingdom is going forth. And here's the deal. We don't understand we don't understand kingdoms. You know, in our country here's here's how it works. We we have a democracy. Basically what a democracy is that I want to put people in charge that do what I want, basically, right? I mean that's why we vote how we vote. I'm not saying we shouldn't vote. I'm saying you should vote. Please vote. Please pray and vote. Vote for godly values and all that that kinds of thing. But here's the deal we want who's in charge to do what we want. Right? I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Whether you voted for our current president or not, the people that voted for him, you know, wanted him to do certain things. And so, again, once the leader is there, they sometimes do and sometimes don't. I'm not here to talk about whether our current president is or isn't. Um, I am here to, say, to give the difference. Here's the deal. The difference in a kingdom is this. The king gets what he wants and it doesn't matter what anybody else wants. We don't like that as, as 
United States Americans, right? We want to say, we want a voice, we want to have the thing. But here's the deal, in the kingdom of God, what the king wants is the only thing that really matters. It doesn't matter what you vote for. It doesn't matter what you want to happen. It only matters what he wants to happen. And it's only when I align myself with his desires and his heart, when I get to know him, he begins to put his heart and his desires inside of me because it says now the kingdom of God is within you. When you become a child of God, when you trust Jesus for salvation, it says the one, the, the presence of God himself by the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. Wherever the king is, that's where the kingdom is. So the Holy Spirit is God Himself. So the presence of the king is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And so the kingdom is within me. And so I have the ability now to receive the the wants and desires of the king. And it's when I live out those wants and desires of the king and I'm realizing that I'm in an unshakable kingdom that I, that I begin to see and participate in the kingdom of God because the kingdom is going to advance whether I'm with it or not. It's an invitation. It's a, it's a say, hey, come on and get involved. It's an, everybody gets to play. This is all in. There's no spectators. There's no people just watching. Everybody is involved in the kingdom. Everyone from the least to the greatest. And who's the greatest in the kingdom? What did Jesus say? If you want to be the greatest, you become the servant of all. The kingdom of God looks different. It's not the most talented. It's not the, it's not the best looking person. It's not the one who has the most money. It's the one who's the servant of all who has the most, who's the greatest. So Revelation 5 here. We get a glimpse of the king. I really just, besides that spontaneous message from Wednesday night, is I have one basic thought here. We're going to look at two scriptures. Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the word even as I read it. And as we read it together, Lord, speak to us and show us things that we need to, we need to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Revelation is a book where a man named John, who was one of the twelve apostles of Jesus, he was banished on an island because of his faith. Uh, they decided not to kill him. They decided they were they killed all, most of the other apostles, and they decided to I guess just do something different with him. They said we're just going to exile you to a deserted island and and let you be in this place where it's kind of like prison basically. And so. You know, everybody wants to do something bad for John, but here's what happens. It, what, what looks like the worst thing to John ends up being an encounter with heaven. He has a vision. Jesus comes and visits him. Angels come and visit him. He has, he has this huge revelation. That's what the book... It's the book of Revelation. It's not Revelations, by the way. It's one. It's a revelation to John. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interaction with heaven that John has. And so... Uh, this is just picking up in the middle of this interaction where John is actually seeing what's going on in heaven. And he says, Then I, that's John, then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scrolls? But no one in heaven or on earth, or under the earth, could open the scroll, or even look, look inside it. And I wept and wept, because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders, there was these 24 elders there, 
said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. Again, he's seeing... John's seeing pictures of heaven, and he's describing it the best he can. You're like, How, what does that look like? What does seeing a lamb looking as if it had been slain look like? He was standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, and he had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, the Father, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Let me just stop right there. Your prayers are valuable. If God keeps prayer in golden bowls in heaven, your prayers are valuable. Nothing is wasted that you give unto Him. Nothing is wasted. And they sang, verse 9, and they sang a new song. Here's the deal. When you get a glimpse of God, something new comes out. You know, there's something, it's, you know, at some point you have to get off the script. That's how you know you're in relationship with God, is, is you're off the script. I'm not saying you're off this script. I'm saying, I'm saying you're, you're off of just doing something that someone else did for God. You're now offering your own sacrifice. You're now offering your own praise. You're now offering your own song. You're now offering your own prayer. You know, my kids, when they're real little, and most of them are, some of them are getting a little bigger, you know, they, when, they, when you start out praying, what do you do? You, you just find a prayer that works and then you just pray the same thing every time, Right? I don't know, maybe my kids are the only ones. But they just, you know, I can, I mean, some of them don't even grammatically make sense. You know, it's just hilarious. And they'll repeat it every single day. You're like, that's not right grammar. Um, <laughs> thank you for everything that we did and everything we've done, and everything that we have and everything we did and everything that we've done or something. I'm like, I don't, what did you say? <laughs> I, I didn't even say it right, but it was something like that. And so, you know, but at some point, something begins to come forth from your heart as you grow. You know, when, you're, when you first come to Jesus, man, it's okay to find someone else's prayer. Pray that prayer. You hear someone else pray, you go, boom, I'm going to pray that too. That's something that's said to God. You see a song on Sunday morning, you go, I'm going to sing that song. You know, But there's a time where, where you just get in contact with Jesus a little bit more and more. The more you get in contact with Him, there's something that's going to happen. There's something that's going to come, that's fresh that's going to come out of you. They're going to sing a new song. It's like... I love that one, but hey, i got to give something that's just for me. And here's the deal. God loves your song. He loves your own prayer. He loves your own words. He loves your own thoughts. He wants you. He doesn't want you to look like someone else. He doesn't want you to offer what someone else has. He says, I want you. I want your worship. I want what you have to say to me. So this is what happened. It says they, they were singing a new song. It was something that they'd never sung before. And they began to sing, You're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God 
from every tribe and language and people and nation. So when Jesus bought human beings with His blood, He wasn't just focusing on one nation. He wasn't just focusing on one ethnic group. He wasn't just focusing on one type of person. He was focused on every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne, the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth. It's getting even louder. If there wasn't enough angels that were 10,000 times 10,000, millions and millions and myriads and myriads. And then it says, And on the sea and all that is in them singing to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. So there's this amazing worship that John gets this glimpse of in heaven. You know, that's going on right now. It's going on right now. It doesn't matter how your day's going. doesn't matter how your week's going. doesn't matter where it, where it seems like you know, everything is going into the trash can uh, or whatever word you want to use. <laughs> you know, if everything's going to this and going to that, it doesn't matter. This, what heaven looks like is... Going crazy over Jesus. Every, every eye is focused on Him. Everybody's... When, when the, it's, like, it's like... I know I've said... I've probably preached this before. I've probably preached everything I've preached before, right? <laughs> how, many, how many times can you preach and not preach some of the same stuff, right? Um, so, it's like this. When the, when the star comes in, everybody goes crazy. I mean, the only thing I can think of and I don't even I never even really liked him, but it was Michael Jordan, okay? Okay? I don't like Michael Jordan, okay? I never liked the Bulls. Just want you to know, have that confession right now. Um, <clears throat> I never wanted him to win, ever. I'm sorry. Okay? But here's the deal. When the Chicago Bulls, they were when they would introduce their players, they would play this special music every single time, the same one over and over again. And this announcer would get on, you know, and he had this voice that was just you know, one of those announcers' voice. You know, it's you know, it's not. Uh, starting forward, um, <laughs> Scotty Pippen. You know, it's the, there wasn't a dude with like my voice. You know, like Scotty Pippen. You're like, come on, bro. It's like somebody with some grit, somebody with some oomph, somebody with some some power in their voice, and like ah, now the starting lineup. Okay, I did used to watch basketball. I don't anymore. But um, so. You know, and everybody's waiting for one person. You know, Scottie Pippen is cool. You know, Bill Cartwright, uh, Dennis Rodman when he's on the team, whatever, whoever the other players were that nobody cares about or remembers that were on the Chicago Bulls. Because everybody was waiting to cheer one person when the last guy that was introduced in the starting lineup, and Michael Jordan, and what happens? The crowd goes bananas. And I go, boo. Okay. Uh, 
Multiply that by 27 billion. 27 billion. Or my kids have taught me numbers. I can't even remember. There's, there's like numbers that they can't even finish writing. They, they've made up names for it. Like I'm not sure how you can do that. Like my son's already learned that in third grade. Like it's not quadrillion. It's something else. Uh, it's something weird. But, you know, there's just the number, and you write the zeros, but you can't ever stop writing the zeros because the number's too big, but we've named it somehow. That's how many times greater is going on in heaven. And they're not announcing Michael Jordan. They're not announcing any only human being person, although the Lamb forever is human because Jesus came as a human, and He was ascended as a human being. He forever changed Himself. He forever gave himself a body. He sacrificed his godness in some ways to forever be like you. To forever identify with you. But it's like that in heaven. There's this incredible, you know, the announcer, there's a mighty angel and says, don't look, don't, don't cry, don't weep. Here's the lamb. And then everybody just goes, bananas, they're going Crazy. Because he's the star. He's the only one that matters. He, he's the one that, that everything is focused on. He's, he's, he's the king. It, what he thinks is the only thing that really matters. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter even what I, what I want. It doesn't matter what I desire. It only matters what the king wants. It only matters what the king thinks. He's the one that's worthy. There's only one person who can open the scroll. There's only one person who's worthy of worship. And his name is not me. His name is not you. His name is not Michael. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a basketball jersey on. But his name is Jesus. The Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And all eyes on heaven are on Him. So it would be good for us at some point when we find ourselves dwelling with all eyes on me to realize that in heaven nobody's eyes are on me. In the heavenly realms, nobody's eyes are on me. It's only with my eyes on Jesus where I'm in the right place. You know, Hebrews 12 says something about that. I want to read it. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. And it's just been, in Hebrews 11 is like the faith, like the hero faith chapter where he just goes off and names all the heroes of the faith uh, throughout the scriptures and then some that we hadn't heard of and just says all this amazing stuff. Uh, and then it says, therefore, in uh, chapter 12 and verse 1, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance or endurance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The right hand is the place of authority. Just so you know, that's why He sat at the right hand, not the left. In other words, He's in charge. So He sat down, that means He's also done. In other words, He finished His work. We sang that song today, very powerful song, It Is Finished. 
you know, that Jesus really has done everything that needs to be done. As my wife said for the communion, every, you know, Jesus' blood is enough. What Jesus has already provided is enough. So we're not asking God to like, hey, I need something else more. No, well, no, I just, I just need to receive what's already there. I, I need to receive what's already been paid for. I need to receive what's already awaiting me that has been purchased by the blood of Jesus. Jesus' blood is powerful. It paid for everything. It paid for all the sin. It paid for, for every single thing that we need in life. It paid for our redemption. It paid for our, our freedom, our deliverance from sin. Everything we need has been found in the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that's made me white as snow. Isn't it interesting that the blood shows up in Revelation 5? It says that He purchased men with His blood. And then it, it's also right here, you know, that uh, you know, it's, it's, it's showing that His sacrifice was, was what took care of us. And so, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. You want to live with more heaven in your life? Get your eyes on the one that's the center of heaven. I want more heaven in my life. I want on earth as it is in heaven, right? Jesus said that's how we're supposed to pray. He didn't mean necessarily we had to repeat that prayer. I don't think he minds that we repeat the prayer, but it's the content that matters. It's the it's the it's the meat that's there. In other words, I'm desiring what's in heaven to come to earth. I'm desiring the ways of heaven to be the ways of earth. I'm desiring the atmosphere of heaven to be the atmosphere upon earth. I'm desiring the purity in heaven to be the purity on earth. I'm desiring the freedom in heaven to be the freedom on earth. And I only get that if I'm keeping my eyes fixed upon Jesus because He's the center of heaven. And then I join in with the center of heaven and the activity of heaven begins to manifest around me. Because whether I'm having a bad day or not, in heaven, they're going crazy for Jesus. It's a good thing to remember. If you're just having a bad day, just say, what's going on with Jesus right now? Oh, wow. Everybody's going crazy for Him. Everybody's worshiping Him. Everybody's screaming. They're singing new songs. You know, my wife started the service today talking about Thanksgiving, you know. Sometimes there's just power in intentionally turning our focus of our inner self upon the Lord. You can do it with thanksgiving. You can do it with praise. You can do it, just say, I'm going to fuck God. I'm just going to begin to meditate and think upon who you are. Think of that picture of Jesus, the victorious King, coming into the heavenly arena, a place with the millions and millions and billions of angels. And then you can say, you know what? What I'm facing is a lot smaller than Him. What I'm facing is a lot. It doesn't mean it's not a challenge for us because I'm not as big as Him. But I have someone on my side who's bigger. If God is for us, who can be against us? It says in Romans chapter 8. So I want to fix my eyes upon Jesus. Have you found that when your eyes are fixed upon something else, life is not as good? It's just reality. If I fix my eyes upon all the things wrong with my wife, and there's only one, don't know what it is right now, but there's probably one or two, okay? I can fix my eyes upon those things, and guess what? Guess what I'm going to start thinking? Golly, I can't... I'm going to start getting upset with her. You know, I might start being annoyed. I know you think Ashley's perfect, and she pretty much is. So, <laughs> But she has a couple of things that, you know, can just drive you crazy, right? <laughs> 
parents? Oh. <laughs> I'm just trying. I don't know. If... And so it's whatever I fix my eyes upon that begins my emotions are tied to what I fix my eyes upon. So if I don't fix my eyes on something negative, here's the deal. Newsflash. You want to find something negative? Just find a human. Okay? Look around. There's something wrong with every single one of these people in here. Just look around. Look at them. They're like, you're right. (laughs) There's something wrong with every single one of these people in here. They're going to mess up. They're going to say the wrong thing. They're going, to, they're going to be confused about something. They're going to say something to you that they didn't mean. They're going to offend you. They're going to try to offend you sometimes. Sometimes they're just going to offend you. They're not going to be trying. They're going to try and be trying to love you. They're going, to, they're going to say something they shouldn't say. They're going to do something they shouldn't do. They're going to fall short. They're going to not do something they said they were going to do. They're going to look at you the wrong way. They're going to greet you the wrong way. Every single, If you want to find something wrong, just find a human. They're going to mess up at some point. And so if I get my eyes upon humanity in its weakness and its brokenness, it's a depressing world. But when I get my eyes upon humanity, the one who is joined in humanity with his divinity, the one who was perfect and sinless, and the one who purchased my life, my freedom, my forgiveness with his blood, then something different happens in my heart. Let us fix our eyes upon Jesus. He's the author or the beginner, in other words, the initiator and the perfecter, the completer of our faith. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders. You know, there are things that hinders us, and that's kind of the, that word there is, it, 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 in some translations, says weights. It's basically like baggage. Anybody got any baggage? You know, you're kind of born with some of it, right? And then some of it we pick up along the way. In in life, you you just get baggage. I mean, listen, here's the deal. The only time you're supposed to have your baggage is at the airport, okay? Baggage is only good at the airport. If you're on the mission trip, you want your baggage, okay? Right? Those of you who have been on mission trips, you know, when we get off the plane, we're like, I want the baggage. I do want my clothes for this mission trip. Okay, when I remember when we got to Hawaii on our honeymoon, guess what didn't get there? <laughs> the first night, our baggage. Okay, didn't have our bags for the, you know, didn't have anything other than what we were wearing for a day and a half or something on the start of our honeymoon, and that's the word there. It's it's basically like weights or baggage, things that you're carrying around that are going to slow you down because it says, hey, we're in a race. In other words, life is a race. Life is a journey for the. You need to run the race that is set before you. You need to run it with endurance and perseverance. Here's the deal. If you run while you're holding a suitcase, you're not going to run very fast. I mean, I know it's a newsflash. Thank you for that ingenious picture, Pastor John, today. I mean, nobody in the Olympics is holding a suitcase. Did you notice that? That they're not carrying baggage. They're just not. They're just. They, in fact, they have on as little as possible and they shave themselves down, they, they get rid of all their hair, they get rid of anything that will hinder them in the race. You know, same with swimmers. You know, my, my son was asking me something about, other day about, oh, we, he talked about all the hair on his legs. I said, well, brother, that's not going to go away. It just gets, gets more when you get older. And then, you know, 
other hair disappears possibly. Um, so just enjoy the hair while you have it. But, um, but we started talking about swimmers. I said, you know, and I said, you know, we just had the conversation, you know, eight-year-old is like, you know, well, girls shave her legs, and I'm like, guys don't, you, unless they're a swimmer, I said. And he said, well, why do they do that? Okay, so and you're like, can we get you to, this is always at bedtime, you know, you have the conversation, like, how did we get on this? Um, so I'm like, well, the swimmers, you know, they shave off all the hair off all their body because they, they want to go through the water as, as swiftly, as smoothly as possible. And even just a little hair will catch you in the water and, and slow you down. And so that's why those guys, either, either they've got something covering, like their head, they put the, the cap on their head and they've got their swimsuits covering them, but every other part of their body has no hair. They've shaved it off because they want, they want no hindrances. <laughs> Look, you had conversations with your parents that they're laughing about too. So, okay. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal. It's like they're getting rid of anything that's going to slow them down. And that's what it's saying here. You're running a race in the race of the kingdom of God as a son and daughter of the king. Get rid of whatever is going to slow you down. You don't run a race with a suitcase. You're not going to run very far. It says run with endurance. In other words, this is not even a sprint. I might be able to run 100 meters with a suitcase. Not very fast. But you ask me to run a mile carrying a suitcase? I mean, it better have some wheels, right? <laughs> I mean, one of those rollers, maybe. But I mean, you're not, you're not going to run very far with baggage. You've got to get rid of the baggage so you can run the race. What's the baggage in your life that's holding you back from running the race that God is calling you to? Look, here's the deal. I think shaving your body to swim is ridiculous. It's one of the reasons I was never a swimmer. It was the other thing was what they had to wear. Okay? But here's the deal. If you want to win, you'll do whatever it takes. You know, Michael Phelps, who's probably the greatest swimming racer, whatever, he's, he's not concerned about whether he has hair on his arms. He's got gold medals hanging all over the place because he won the race. And here's the deal. Jesus says, hey, you're in a race. Here's, where you, here's how you know where to go in the race. You fix your eyes upon Jesus. If your eyes are on Him, you're going the right direction. He'll keep you on track. He'll keep you in your lane, and He'll keep you going to the finish line. And here's the deal, I think, here's the deal, with, with your eyes upon Him, you're going to have the endurance to run the race. But get rid of whatever is holding you back. If you've got baggage, it's time to let it go. It says, get rid of whatever hinders you, your baggage, and also the sin that so easily entangles. You know? If I got something wrapped around my legs, I'm not going to run or swim very well. If I am entangled in something, I'm not going to be a good runner. You know, I'm not going to run a race. And that's what it's saying. It's saying, hey, sin is just a thing that just tangles you up, just trips you up, just holds you back. It just constricts you. So get rid of whatever is going to hinder you. If there's something in your life you know that is, that is, that is not healthy, there's, there's no time. You don't have to wait. You don't have to say, you know, someday... Someday I need to deal with that. Now's the time. 
Now's the time because Jesus has said, I've already provided so you can get rid of that baggage. I've provided so you can be free from that sin. I've already given you the tools. I've given you the, the provision. Put your eyes on me. And run. Don't just stand there. Jesus says, you're, you're, on, you're on a journey. You're coming towards Him. You're getting closer. You're, the destination is in sight. He's got a big smile on His face. It says, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. Uh, Jesus is still full of that same joy. He is joyfully reigning in heaven. He's joyfully reigning in heaven. He's laughing at His enemies. And he's looking forward to see all his children be who they were called to be. Let's stand. Just right now, just in this moment, just if you need to lay something before the Lord right now, just any baggage, we're just going to take some time for you just to, just to spiritually offer it up to the Lord. Say, Lord, right now, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to speak with speak to us, Lord. Most of us don't need a, a revelation of baggage. We kind of know what it is. So, but if we do, help us help us remember what's holding us back. Or maybe it's just something little. Maybe it's just a little thing where you're just going to come in and smooth out that area of our life. You're just going to come in like a razor and kind of just smooth it out and and remove the the little bits of hindrance that are there, that are in our spiritual lives that need to be moved away. So right now, Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We release our baggage to you. We release those things we need to release. For some of us, we just say, God, I don't even know how to release it. Let me start. Let me just start today. Let today be a start where I begin to let go. Because we're gonna, we know that you desire us to run this race, Lord, with endurance, Lord. And we don't want to carry anything we weren't meant to carry. You said your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Lord, this is not supposed to be burdensome as we follow you, Lord. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. You, you are gentle. You are humble in heart, it says. And you invite us to take that yoke upon us, Lord. We want to take upon that yoke of your gentleness and run the race that you have given us, Lord. We want to live our lives fully for the King. We want to live our lives surrendered to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Surrender to your purpose. Surrender to your plans. Surrender to your desire. Surrender to your agenda. And so, Lord, we lay those things at your feet, Lord. We, we ask you to untangle us, Lord. Any, any sin that we're tangled up in, God, we confess that before you. And we invite you as the, as the one who sets us free to come and just remove the tangles from our lives. That we might live and, and be who we're called to be. And Jesus, we choose to put our eyes upon you. We choose to put our eyes upon you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, we're not going to make it if our eyes are on anybody else. But with our eyes on you, Lord, we're going to run a race and we're not going to get tired. We're going we're gonna to be renewed, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for just reminding us today of these truths. Lord, I just pray anytime we get our focus off of you, Lord, even just give us a, a Revelation 5 reminder. Give us a Revelation 5 reminder. What's, what's going on in heaven right now? What's going on in heaven right now? Lord, we want on earth as it is in heaven. And so we invite you to keep our gaze on you so that we might see what heaven is doing 
and experience the power of heaven in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you still need prayer for something, please come on up. We'd love to pray with you. We do need to set up the rooms uh, for Family Promise. All the bedding is already in the rooms, so it's already ready to go. We just need to roll the beds in there. Christ the Lord.